what remains inside. I went outside to wash our car. I had a bucket of soap and water. It was a clear day. It was warm for October and the sun cast an amber autumn hue over things. The mums were growing alongside the house and the paper boy tossed a paper on each porch with a thunk. I felt okay for a little while and started splashing soap on the car. But then the quiet descended. I listened and could feel the fear rising in me. In this calm quiet, I began to think that an evil was lurking. I didn't know which to believe, the perfectly lovely Indian summer afternoon or the feelings rising up in me. I wanted to stay and wash the car, and I tried to keep going. I squeezed the soapy water over the windshield. The fear was causing pain to move through my blood. I left the bucket outside on the driveway. The car doors open. I walked slowly but certainly into the house. Once inside, I hid in my room, but I pretended to myself that I was not hiding. I lay beneath the windowsill next to the bed. I had a book with me. To anyone else, I just looked like a teenager reading a book. In my mind, over and over, I pictured the bucket of soapy water, the abandoned car. I knew how it looked. Our driveway looked like a crime scene. Later that week, at school, I was sitting against the wall in gym class with Sherry. Sherry had changed so much since I first met her. She was leaving this exclusive club that she, Kathy, and I shared. She was retreating, taking it all back. She didn't want to chase older guys and dress in tight clothes with high-heeled sandals anymore. She wanted to be innocent and pretty. She wanted a boyfriend and to go to the movies on Saturday night. I didn't blame her. Secretly inside, I was happy for her. She was pretty, with shoulder-length hair and bangs. I wondered why she had hung out with Kathy and me in the first place. I had been to her house once. It was a clean, big house. Her father was a doctor, and he had his office on the back. Little French glass doors led to a room with leather furniture and a big desk. Her bedroom was like a rich kid's, a Bay City Rollers poster taped behind her clothes in her closet. It was a secret. We were sitting on the shiny gym floor, we were waiting to climb the rope ladders strung against the gym wall. I couldn't keep my tears back. They were streaming down my face, even though the rest of me was calm. I was so scared all the time. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't relax. I could feel the hands around my neck squeezing. I felt the silent night air out in the empty forest as my flesh slowly decomposed. What's wrong? Sherry asked me. I looked down at my tube socks and sneakers. I looked like all the other kids and I was tired of looking like a normal girl. I was tired of pretending to look like a normal girl, making up rules for myself like, always wear a ponytail, or walk slowly and hold your head up. I once even asked Liz Ramos, a nice, innocent girl in my English class, what do normal people do? What is a normal family dinner like? What do normal kids feel like? What time do you have to be home? What happens if you don't? Liz laughed at me. You shouldn't want to be normal. That's so boring, Donna. I looked down at the floor and traced the polished wood with my fingers, grains of dirt and dust and little colored particles stuck to my finger. I looked up at Sherry. She was still staring at me intently. My mother told me that two people were going to be murdered. I wasn't supposed to tell anyone. Sherry looked at me. I heard a whistle blow and it made me jump out of my skin. She put her hand on my arm. It's okay. It's okay, she said. We don't have to take a turn for a while. Sherry knew my mother. She knew my mother was crazy. She had gone to my house 
that night that my mother wanted me to kill myself. I had called Sherry and her father had told me she was on her way, but I left the house before she got there. Sherry told me later that when my mother opened the door, her eyes were dark and sunken in. Her hair was wiry and she looked like a zombie. She said my mother stared at her for a long time that night. And when Sherry asked her where I was, my mother looked at her for a long moment and then said in a soft Alfred Hitchcock movie voice, I haven't the faintest. Then my mother turned and closed the door, leaving Sherry on the dimly lit porch. Who are these people? Sherry asked. I don't know. They're teenagers. It's a racist crime. Then I told a kid about it, and now there's a hit after me for telling. A part of me was afraid Sherry would think I was poison, be afraid to sit next to me. She just looked at me in horror. A hitman? Where are these kids going to be killed? Where? Who's going to do it? I don't know, I said. I felt cold and shaky. I felt like all the blood had run out of me. I was freezing cold. Donna, Sherry said. I could tell she wanted to cry for me. I could tell she wanted to help me. But how could she? She was just a teenager. Donna, nobody would kill someone for saying that two kids are going to be murdered. You don't know who it is, who's going to do it, where or when. I looked at her. Nobody would kill you for saying that. Why would they? It doesn't make sense. Your mother is trying to scare you.